Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth. I'm so excited to be talking to you today from Taipei, Taiwan still. For another seven weeks or so, I will be here and it is hot today. I mean, Taiwan is always a really hot place. Um, In the summer, you know, it's unbearable and humid and all that stuff. Um, Fall and spring are the really nice seasons here. Winter can be pleasant. Sometimes it actually does get a little bit chilly, Uh, but generally it's really a lot warmer than what I grew up with on the east coast of the U.S. and then in Colorado. And it is so hot today. It is 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, but the the feels like, you know how they say, like, this is the actual temperature, but this is what it feels like. The feels like is 115 degrees Fahrenheit. I've, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I must have. I mean, I've, I've experienced other really hot summer days here, but that is blowing my mind. And for my friends who are not in the U.S. or the Bahamas or the Cayman Islands, Liberia, Palau, the Federated States of Micronesia, or the Marshall Islands, which are all the countries that primarily use Fahrenheit, 115 degrees Fahrenheit is 46.1 degrees Celsius. So it's hot today. (laughs) I'm sorry to start this podcast complaining about everything, but that's really what's going on. We're still at level three for COVID, so there's really no option to go out and do anything. You can't, you know, we can't go to cafes or anything like that. So I'm in my apartment um, with the AC on full blast, although I actually turned it off to record this episode. You're welcome. I figure if I don't have a studio, the least I can do is turn off my air conditioner when I'm recording. But uh, this may be a very short episode, depending on how long I can sit here without AC. Um, So fun times in Taiwan, although really... I'm, I'm looking forward to leaving because I'm so excited to, for what's coming next, but it is bittersweet. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out everything I can do to really enjoy or really fully experience the last few weeks that I have here, uh, which look very different than what I thought they would look like. You know, I had this whole long list of everything I wanted to do, now I can't do, but at least make sure that I get you know, some more hikes in and food delivery from my favorite restaurants since I can't go to the restaurants and um, all those type of things. But today I wanted to talk to you about traveling with other people because a few weeks ago we released the episode on solo female travel, which I think is really important. It's a big factor for a lot of women in, you know, well, traveling in their lives, but the whole solo female factor is significant in all aspects of the trip. But I also wanted to talk about traveling with other people because that's the other side of the coin. And this doesn't necessarily have a gender component, at least where I'm coming at it from. Um, You know, this is for men, this is for women, this is for anyone else and anyone that they may be traveling with. So, I have less experience traveling with other people than traveling by myself, but uh, most of my sort of first travel experience was with other people just because, you know, you don't know what you're doing by yourself um, unless you listen to this podcast. So you go with other people and you learn a lot from them. Um you know, just from the experience itself, but also from things that they know that they teach you. So for me, I think the first trip that I took with friends was 
when I was studying abroad in Vienna, Austria. Um, so, you know, so I got myself to Austria by myself, but then I was immediately part of the study abroad program, and they really take care of you there. So I was always uh, with other people in the program. But one of my friends um, suggested I, she she actually needed to do a visa run because there had been an issue with her visa and it was going to expire. Um, so she needed to leave the Schengen zone, which is uh, most of the countries in Europe. Um, grouped together it's sort of it's different than the EU but they group together to be like one visa zone so you don't have to get your passport checked going between most of these countries um, which is great it makes it a lot easier to travel but it means if you are trying to be sneaky and leave and come back in and get a new stamp on your passport you can't just leave the country you have to leave the entire zone so we were in Austria and I think the closest country that qualified for that was Croatia. So she was like, hey, let's take a trip to Croatia for a couple days. Um, And it was amazing. Again, Croatia is not a country that at the time I would have prioritized going to probably, but I loved it and I really want to go back. Um, No, we didn't get a chance to go to Dubrovnik, which is where everyone wants to go and I do do too. Uh, But we were in the capital in Zagreb for just a couple days um, and it was amazing. So that trip, she had more experience traveling than I did, so she really took the lead in terms of planning and booking things and all of that, and I was just, I had absolutely no idea. It's so funny to look back now as someone who's traveled often by myself all around the world and realize that like I didn't even know how to book a hostel. I didn't really know what a hostel was. Um, and she was like, yeah, you just go to this website and you find one that looks good and and then you book it and that's it. I was like, wow. I, I was very, very naive at that point. So that was my first trip with other people. And since then, I've traveled with friends in Greece, in Germany, within the Czech Republic, um, Thailand. Um, Those are the places that are coming to mind. And I think there's pros and cons to both. I mean, as you know, I said in the other episode, I love traveling by myself. I think there's huge benefits to that. But on the flip side, being with other people has its own benefits and its own challenges. And in this episode, I'm mainly thinking of travel with one other person, maybe a couple of other people, um, not so much as like a larger group. I do think the more people that you add, the more complicated it does get. Uh, Not to say that there aren't benefits to that as well, of course, but um, if I'm with other people, I do think I prefer to be just with one or two other people. Uh, But again, that's just personal preference for me, but that's mostly the perspective that I'm speaking of in this episode. So for me, the largest benefit, I think, is just sharing that experience with another person, you know, and then having those memories that you can reminisce about together, um, the photos that you can look at and share together and, and remember all of those fun times or crazy adventures or, you know, accidents that turned into adventures in retrospect. Um, We all have those experiences when things didn't go as planned. And it's really fun when you have that other person that you can talk about them with after the fact. And when I was researching for this episode, I read one article that said the benefit of traveling with other people is that you won't be lonely I think they even said like loneliness is bad. It's more fun to be with other people. And 
even though I'm going to sit here and talk about why it's good to be with other people, I do want to say that loneliness is not bad. I mean, yeah, loneliness to a large degree, of course, is not good. But being by yourself, yeah, that's the point I want to make. Being by yourself does not necessarily mean that you are lonely, and it is not always necessarily more fun to be with other people. So, Maybe that should have gone in the episode, in the other episode, but I did want to say that. Um, If you see anything telling you, like, travel with a big group, travel with other people because you don't want to be by yourself, no, that's not true. You can absolutely do it by yourself. But if you make the choice to travel with other people, there are definitely benefits and there are things that I'm going to share with you now that can make the whole experience more fun and easier and smoother and all of that. So in general, like I said, for me, the biggest pro is just having that other person to share the experience with. But there are also some more practical things. Um... A lot of resources say that traveling with another person can save you money because you're splitting costs. I will say in my experience, I don't think that's true. Um, I think I've always spent about the same on trips with other people as I have by myself. Because just thinking about it, you're still paying for your own food. Um, And I think in terms of accommodation, when I've traveled with other people, we've stayed in hotels or guest houses or Airbnbs as opposed to hostels. Um, So even though you're splitting that cost, you're splitting a higher cost. So it works out to be about the same. I would say I have stayed in hostels with friends before. Um, So yeah, it does go both ways. It's possible that you will save some money, but not necessarily. The other thing is safety and security. You know, like I mentioned in the solo female travel episode, um, when you're with someone else, you might be able to go to places, countries, cities, regions that you might not be comfortable going to by yourself. Um, So it sort of opens up that world for you. And just in the smaller practical sense, you have somebody to watch your bags while you run to the bathroom. This is the one of my biggest frustrations um, when I'm by myself, whether it's traveling or just, you know, here like in Taipei where I'm living, is that if I'm in a cafe or I'm out in public and I need to go to the bathroom, I have to pack up all my stuff and take it with me. I mean, I guess not necessarily in a cafe, but... And then I'm going to lose that spot, whereas if you're with someone else, you have that person to watch your things or keep the table or keep the spot or whatever it is. Um, that Yeah, that's one of my frustrations when I'm by myself. So that's a big benefit of being with someone else. Um, again, in terms of safety, you're less of a target for theft, maybe, or petty crime when you're with someone else. Um And another benefit is that two heads are better than one in problem solving. So if you do get yourself into one of those sticky situations or something happens that you didn't intend, there are two of you there to come up with ideas, solutions, uh, bounce ideas off of one another. Um, And just having someone else there can, you know, bring a level of calm to the whole situation, whereas by yourself you might be panicking a little bit more. Uh, but you have someone else to help get you out of whatever happened. For example, when a friend and I were traveling in Greece over the Christmas season, the Christmas holidays, um, we made a booking for, it was like a you know hotel or a guest house. Um, I think it was through, through booking.com. Um, not to buzz market, definitely not sponsored. Uh, but it was through a larger booking site and 
somehow the the reservation hadn't gone through to the actual place, which it turns out was closed during this time. And so we showed up and they were like, uh, we're not open. And we we're like, well, we have this confirmed reservation. And I mean, they apologized profusely and they put us in touch with um, another guest house. It ended up being like the best situation that could have happened. The woman who owned the place that we stayed at was so sweet. You know, it wasn't like the worst or a dangerous situation or anything to be in, but because it was the holidays, most everything was closed and we had had trouble finding, you know, a place that we thought was open um, that we could book in the first place. And I remember it being like really late at night. We were on this small Greek island which was fabulous, by the way, um, Poros. Um, but yeah, you know, it was dark. We'd been walking for probably like an hour from the um, from the harbor where we got off the ferry to the guest house, and it was late. It was dark. We just found out we didn't have a place to stay. So it was, you know, just slightly, uh, maybe not nerve wracking, but a little bit anxious to figure out what to do. And in that situation, it's really nice to not be by yourself and to have someone else to sort it out and bounce all of those ideas off of. I love this one. This is one of my favorite things about traveling with someone else. You have someone to take pictures of you. Um, You know, I do a lot of the selfies when I travel. People are used to it. I try not to be super obnoxious. I don't use a selfie stick. Although, you know, more power to you if that's your thing. But just having someone to back up and take a photo of you with whatever it is, the landmark or the scenery or a funny statue or something like that. Um, It's so nice to have someone. And of course, you can always ask people. I find that generally people are more than happy to take photos of you. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm always more than happy to take pictures of someone else if they come up to me. I love doing that. But, you know, sometimes you're not comfortable asking a stranger. And so just having your friend uh, who will take as many as necessary to get the exact shot that you want is not super critical, not a huge factor, but it's just, it's really nice to have that when you're traveling. And then, Speaking of things that could be a huge factor, uh, bank issues. Um, We'll dig into banks and being abroad in a future episode. I've generally been very lucky with my bank. I've never been stuck in a situation where I've been like totally out of luck with getting money. But I have run into problems where um, the bank said the ATM or the debit card would work in the foreign ATM and it didn't. Um, Luckily, I had a backup in that case, you know, or trying to pay for like apartment deposits abroad and and transactions and just all of that can be a huge headache. And so if you do run into one of those problems where you can't get cash out at the ATM or something like that, you have someone else there who hopefully can spot you (laughs) until you can get your money and sort it all out. So just having that person as sort of a a backup plan (laughs) in the money situation, and you can be that person for them. And you know, all of these things go both ways. Um, That's really reassuring when you're traveling. And then just, you know, having different perspectives. You might have an idea in mind of what you want to do or what you envision out of this trip and that's the benefit of going by yourself like like we said in that episode like everyone i spoke to said you can do what you want to do when you want to do it but on the flip side 
I've seen a lot of really cool things and had a lot of amazing experiences because I traveled with someone else who wanted to do things that weren't necessarily at the top of my list, but ended up being really, really cool. For example, going back to that um, trip to Greece, my friend really wanted to visit Navplio. Um, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I didn't, I didn't look this one up ahead of time, although as we've seen, that doesn't matter because I always forget the pronunciations. Um, and I was down for it. I was like, sure, it wasn't, you know, the top of my list, but yeah, sure, let's let's spend a couple days there. And it ended up being just, you know, one of the best parts of the trip. We visited all of these ancient ruins, um, and we got to climb on top of them. <laughs> um, it was allowed. We visited this old fortress, and one of the most amazing experiences was walking up this um, this wall or this ramp. And in the moment, I was completely terrified because on one side, you know, this whole space, this ramp was maybe like a yard or a meter wide. It was probably more than that. It felt really small, though. <laughs> maybe like four or five feet. Um, and on one side, you had a wall that you were up against, but the other side was just a complete drop off. You know, if you fell off, you were probably going to die. Um, And so I was terrified. I remember just like plastering myself to the one side with the wall and just like, why are we walking up this? Why am I following you? Why are you making me do this? He wasn't making me do it, but um, it ended up being one of those things that I felt like I had, had conquered my fears and we got to the top and we're just sitting on the edge (laughs) of this uh, old fortress wall with the most amazing view of Greece in front of us. And I felt like I had really conquered something and done something that had terrified me. And I I never would have ended up there if I had been by myself because it wasn't a place I wanted to go. So just having that different perspective of someone who can show you things that maybe you might not have considered before. And then also just the idea of learning from each other. Again, whether it's that perspective thing or the practical sense of like, (laughs) on that first trip, my friend taught me how to find hostels and how to book hostels and, you know, how to buy train tickets within the EU or the Schengen zone. Um, Just those practical things that you learn from other people or you learn by doing it, but you know, it's it's always nice if someone else can give you a little bit of a heads up um, or, you you know, you find the information in an article or a podcast or something like that. Um, but a traveling companion can be a really fantastic person to learn from. All right. So those are all of the benefits of traveling with another person. Here are some questions to think about if a friend suggests traveling together or if you're sort of internally (laughs) perusing your friend group for who a good person to travel with might be. Um, Here's just some things to think about ahead of time. Has your friend traveled as much as you have? Um, Again, these are not deal breaker things like, oh, no, this person's never traveled. Well, certainly I'm not going to go on a trip with them. These are just like things to consider and maybe like adjusting your trip accordingly or addressing them ahead of time. If you're traveling with someone who has no experience, you might have to take the lead in most situations, whether it's planning or booking or getting from point A to point B or, you know, interacting with uh, locals or people on the trip. Um 
you might just have to take that lead role and that's fine, but just be prepared for that. Or depending on their level of experience and your level of experience, there might be different um, dynamics at play there. So just be prepared for that. And then this is probably the biggest one. Do you have similar interests and tastes? Um, The biggest point is, do you want to go to the same place? That's probably the primary place to start. But once you decide on that location, um, what about accommodations? Like, are you going to stay in hotels, hostels, couch surfing? Um, Are they more of a tour person or a wandering person, just wander around the city? Um, With food, you know, are you going to be trying out street food or eating in restaurants? Uh, Just make sure that you guys are on the same page. Or again, even if you're not on the same page, make sure that you can accommodate both into your trip. And this sounds like a really specific point, but it's a big one. Are are you party people or not party people? <laughs> wow, I feel like I just dated myself so bad there. Um, I'm 30 now. I can't speak the lingo. Um, yeah, this is a big factor because for a lot of people, uh, they want to check out the... <laughs> They want to check out the clubs. I, I feel like I'm talking to 18-year-olds or something, and I, I'm just not in that scene anymore. Be, I never really was, but um, it's not a big thing for me. I don't really like going out. I don't really like clubs, so that's not something that I'm going to be doing when I travel. But I know that a lot of international cities have like really amazing club scenes, so some people will want to check those out. And again, that's totally fine. Um But just make sure that it's not going to be a problem for the other person if you do or don't want to do that. And then sort of similarly to your interests is like your activity level. You know, are you expecting to just be going on like short little walks um, within the city or are you going to want to cover the entire city on foot or go on like day long hikes in the area or something like that? Um... Again, just make sure that you're both aware of what the other person expects or prefers. And if you can accommodate both into your trip, great. If you can't, maybe you guys stay friends but don't travel together. Um, Another thing that people often have differences on are your preferred schedule or like your body clocks. Um, Are you an early riser? Do you like to stay up late? Um, I have traveled with people who had different like preferred schedules than I did and it wasn't a problem. I I tend to wake up pretty early especially when I'm traveling and I must have breakfast. Um, so when I was in Thailand with a friend um, I would just naturally wake up early. I would go out, I would find breakfast, have a wonderful uh, morning on the islands in Thailand and he would sleep in for you know a couple hours and meet me later and it worked out and then we would embark on something that we were going to do together that day um, and it didn't matter that we you know preferred to get up at different times he wasn't someone that needed breakfast so it didn't really matter um, but just make sure that again if you do have that difference that you can accommodate both of those styles into the trip like we did and it can work out really well Another point of contention could be dietary preferences. Um, And again, I will encourage anyone to try anything when you're traveling, like really push your boundaries, eat the weird foods, Um, try it at least once. That's that's sort of my motto. Um, Just thinking here in Taiwan, like things that I've tried that I don't choose to eat again, stinky tofu, um, 
century eggs, those 100-year gelatinous eggs. Don't like those. But try everything at least once to the degree that you can. Of course, people will have preferences if you're going to you know, try to stay vegan or vegetarian or something like that. Um, that's going to limit what you can eat in other countries. Um, and then also, you sometimes you have complete restrictions where you can't eat something. Um, and so that's going to factor into your trip as well and you know what you can eat and where you can eat and all of that. It does also go back to the sort of how do you want to eat? Do you want to try the street food? Do you want to stick to restaurants? Um, again, those are things that absolutely can be accommodated with differences into a trip, but just be aware of that ahead of time because... Um, you will have to think about that when you're traveling. And then in terms of just like personal style, are you more of a planner? Are you more spontaneous? Do you want to have the whole trip, every day of the trip planned out ahead of time and booked? Or do you want to just get there and see what happens? Both have value, uh, but just be aware of what your friend or traveling companion expects and make sure that you guys are on the same page about how you're going to do things Um, because you don't, again, you don't want to get there and realize that you have completely different expectations for how the trip is going to, uh, to pan out. And in terms of those plans or bookings, who is going to be in charge of you know, making the bookings or making the reservations. Um, One article that I read about this said, like, make sure that you don't make one person do everything. And I agree with that. You shouldn't put everything on one person. But I've also found that people tend to fall into these roles. And as long as it's okay with everyone, that's fine as well. Um, I tend to be you know, when I'm traveling by myself, I have no problem researching and planning. I find all that stuff really exciting. Actually, I enjoy it. I like booking things. Um, But when I'm with other people, I find that often they take on that role and that's totally fine as well um, with me. And (laughs) I assume it's fine with them because they started doing it. Um, But yeah, you want to make sure that it's okay with everybody. Um, And On those trips, it was sort of like they would say, oh, you know, I was looking at hotels for our next city. Um, What do you think about this one? I would say, yep, looks great. Um, And they would book it and be in charge of that. And again, if if that works for everybody, that's fine as well. So those are the things to be aware of ahead of time, maybe have those conversations ahead of time so that everyone can be on the same page. And here are some specific tips that you can put into practice ahead of time and when you're on the road. Some of these do overlap with what we just talked about. Um, The biggest one, the one that I feel the most strongly about, I think, is you don't have to do everything together. Even though you're traveling together, you can still have those elements of solo travel where you decide to do different things for an afternoon or an entire day. Maybe it's because you want to do different things. You know, this person wants to see XYZ, you want to see ABC, go do your own thing, that's fine. Or if you just kind of need a break, like I'm a major introvert, so I don't like being around people 24 7. I like to enjoy that experience of having someone with me when I do, but then I also like to enjoy time by myself. So, again, just taking that break, being like, hey, you want to sit here and read? Cool. I'm going to go walk around the block and see what I see. Um, You know, in that way, everyone can 
do what they want to do and get the most out of the trip. And then also, when you do come back together, you're gonna have more to talk about and you're going to enjoy each other's company even more for having been apart. So I think that's a huge one, is knowing that just because you're traveling together doesn't mean that you guys are glued together at the hip and you can do your own thing. Again, um, everything that we just talked about in the things to be aware of section, like have those conversations ahead of time. So definitely um, figure out the money situation, like sort of what budget are you expecting for this trip? What numbers are you okay with in terms of um, where you're staying? Like what do you generally expect to be spending on food? Um, Because if one person is going into it thinking this is going to be like a high-end a, you know, resort kind of trip and the other person wants to do like a backpacking situation. Again, both can be good, but you don't want to have that conversation on the first day of your trip. You want to have had that prior. So money can be a huge thing. Um, studies show that, you know, money can be one of the biggest problem areas or disputes when you're traveling. So that's probably the biggest thing to sort out ahead of time. But also, like I said before, talk about the diet, you know, planning, activity level, what you want to see and do there, all of the things that we talked about before. Another one that I love is don't make any decisions when you are hungry or stressed. And I think this is just fantastic life advice in general. Um, You know, this could be a time where you guys get into an argument because you're trying to figure out what to do the next day, but you're just starving and waiting for dinner. That's not a good time to make that decision or have that discussion. So just be aware of that. Um, If you're in a super stressful situation, maybe save the planning for a later date uh, or later time. And yeah, just, just avoid the hangry confrontations. Or as I like to say, I don't get hangry, I get anxious. I get very anxious when I'm hungry, so not a good time to be having any serious conversations. And then finally, throughout all of this, you know, before the trip, when you're planning it, when you're on the trip, make sure that you guys have open communication. Try to make sure that you can talk about things before they become bigger issues. Um, You know, like, hey, we spent more money on dinner tonight than I generally expected to. Like, maybe we can try to find something a little bit more budget friendly tomorrow. Um, Or, you know what, you're interested in staying in this hotel that actually doesn't look like what I want. Can we try a different area of the city instead? Um, And also, you know... (laughs) I feel like I'm 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 edging into therapy here which is like not my experience at all. Don't don't take this advice from me. But if you're if the person you're traveling with approaches you with something like that, try to make sure that you're open to receiving that communication, that feedback as well and that you guys can work together to make sure that you both get what you want and you both get the most out of this trip. Um, cuz really that is the ultimate goal is the travel is the you know seeing new places experiencing new things and doing it with this person so like i said at the beginning you can have those shared memories and those pictures together and those you know times when you reminisce about it cuz that is so much fun and such a valuable um life experience i think so i just want to end by <laughs> talking about myself uh sorry about that um I actually forgot until I started thinking about this episode and putting together notes for it that I wrote a blog post for Huffington Post years ago all about how to choose your perfect travel companion. So I'm going to link it here because I really had fun going back and reading it and 
uh, just remembering all of the experiences that I had traveling that I put into that post um, and the insights that I had. You know, I wrote it years ago. I I think at that point I hadn't been to Asia at all. I didn't have as much experience traveling as I do now. But, you know, 23, 24-year-old Marjorie really, really had some... uh, (laughs) Some good things to say, I think, about traveling with someone else. So here are just a few of the things that I said in the post. Like I said, you're, you know, you're welcome to go and read the whole thing. So the first thing that I wanted to share, which, you know, we kind of already addressed, but I said, make sure you can spend an unlimited amount of time with this person without wanting to hop the nearest rickshaw out, but also make sure to take time for yourself. You'll both appreciate each other more after some time apart, and you'll have more to talk about with You'll have more to talk about when you reconnect, which is something we already addressed, but I feel really strongly about. Um, Travel with someone with whom you don't completely agree. You don't want to be constantly bickering, but a person who occasionally pushes a few of your buttons can be a good thing. Travel is about broadening your horizons and teaching you to think in new ways, so a companion who challenges your intellectual comfort zone can be a good thing. And this is not about like really critical issues regarding the trip or life or anything like that. But someone who, you know, I think in this case I was referencing um, uh, debates that we'd had about like movies or TV shows or something like that. You want to keep things interesting. You know, you're going to be spending a lot of time with this person. And so if you can have these uh, silly intellectual debates on long train rides or uh, time, you know, downtime that can make everything just a little bit more interesting on your journey. Um, while a person with a good sense of direction is an added bonus, it's also fun if this person has a penchant for wandering until and even if he or she gets lost. Yes, I love people who do have good senses of direction because that can really, really help a lot of situations. But I like being with someone who likes to travel like I do, where we just set off and, you know, sometimes have a destination in mind, but don't mind if you get turned around and, um, you know, waste time, although I don't think it's wasted, but spend time trying to get back on track or just wandering around a new section of the city. Um, Or you just set off with no destination in mind at all and see what you discover and what you can find. I think that is a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things about travel. Um, It's funny to look back on this tip that I'm going to read right now. Although this might be a hotly contested tip by other travelers, I greatly prefer a travel companion who isn't glued to a smartphone. A large part of travel is discovering the mysteries of an unfamiliar place. Smartphones can all too easily remove the mysteries. I need to embrace this tip of mine more. I My uh, phone use has increased in recent years, and I think it's very helpful. I think it's very good in terms of connectivity and research and you know, finding things out in new places, and Google Translate is enormously helpful. But don't use it to excess. Don't use it as a crutch, like I said about wandering. Um, you know, don't stick to the blue line or the blue dot in Google Maps. Let yourself get lost, and it can really help if you're with someone who shares that mindset. Find someone who's willing to eat anything at least once. Yeah, that's a big one for me. Um, I don't necessarily want to be with someone who isn't adventurous in terms of what they're willing to try. Um, I will actually want someone who will push me a little bit and maybe encourage me to try things that I'm a little bit squeamish about. So that's a big one. Um, 
a person with a good sense of humor will go a long way. This may be a life tip, not just a travel tip. Travel is messy. It's full of flight delays, boat cancellations, and missed reservations, not to mention unfamiliar food, difficulties communicating, and even if you've studied up beforehand, cultural faux pas. You may have to spend a night sleeping on the floor of an airport in Prague or attempt to ask for a train schedule in German or find yourself facing a plate of stinky tofu in Taiwan. A person who rolls with the punches and even makes you laugh about them is invaluable. Yes, this is so huge. Um, travel is messy. I want to do a whole podcast talking about like travel fails or travel challenges because it's not all Instagram pictures on the beach. These things do happen and you do have to sort through them. And if you can be with someone who can, you know, keep that level head or keep that humor and help sort it out um, and even boost your spirits and you can do the same for them, that is huge. And the last one. While there may be many personality traits that make certain people better travel companions than others, much of it is about matching personal temperaments. These recommendations are a good starting place, but you alone have the final say in whose personality meshes with yours. Choose wisely and travel far. Oh, and travel with someone who always suggests dessert. That is my final tip. Dessert is always the right idea, and especially ice cream is always the right idea when you are traveling and in life. So I hope that gave you a little bit of context for who you might want to travel with. Maybe your mind is sort of going with ideas, thinking of people you know, of friends, of relatives, of significant others, and wondering if you could travel with this person. Um, Not to get into relationships or anything, but that is a huge thing for me, of course, is like, can we travel together? That is the final call in any relationship, probably. Um, So I want to know what your experience has been like. I mean, that's always my shout out at the end of these episodes. Tell me about times that you've traveled with other people. Was it successful? Was it not successful and why? Do you have any like preferences in whom you travel with or any hard lines like a person must be like this or must do this in order to be someone that you can travel with? I would love to hear about those travel successes and fails. Hopefully not fails, but you know. If they're good stories, I'd love to hear about them Um, with other people. You can send any of those stories or suggestions to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. Also, find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. And if you were listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, I would love your review. Um, Haven't given a shout out to that before because honestly, I've just forgotten that reviews exist. But again, if you are on Apple, that would be fantastic. I would love to hear what you think about the show. And until next time, now I am going to immediately turn my AC back on because it's gotten very hot in here um, with the 95 slash 115 degrees temperature outside. So until next time, I cannot wait to talk to you again on Going Out Your Door. Mm -hmm.